everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the fourth Wednesday of the month, which means we have a repeat performance, performance, if you will, by Dr. Lori Marvis. And today she's joined by a guest, a wonderful plant-based fitness coach, Maxime. And they're going to be talking about effective strategize to maximize your weight loss. It's the end of January. And I hope you haven't given up on your resolution yet, because they're going to show you how you still can be successful. Please welcome back to the show, Dr. Lori Marvis and Maxime. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Thank you for inviting us back. This is great. Well, this is fun because people learn so much from you guys and um, effective strategies. So are you saying then there are some ineffective strategies? I think everyone has understood that <laughs> it's ever tried to lose weight, which is the majority of Americans. There's a there is effective to lose it for a short time, but then there's this the long term and the sustainability piece, which is really, really important. And that's why I think Maxime is so incredible because he had so many good uh, success stories. So Maxime, you want to share kind of what you do and what your initial strategies are? So I think that's really, really helpful. Yeah, of course. Well, first off, thank you for having me. It's nice to see you. Um, happy to be here. So yeah, I'm Maxim Sigwani, founder of Fit Vegan Coaching. We've helped over, I think, over 750 people at this point in the past three and a half years completely transform their body on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. Dr. Laurie was, was one of them that got to experience the program. Um, so yeah, there's definitely unsustainable ways of doing it, right? And, and I think that's what a lot of people take on when it comes to New Year's resolution is they're going to go a little bit too drastic with their approach, right? They're going to say, oh, it's New Year's. I'm going to exercise every day for an hour or two hours every day. I'm just going to eat this specific type of food. I'm going to cut out everything else that I'm normally used to eating. And it's such a drastic change that they haven't adapted their their habit, their mindset, and their and their life ultimately to be able to sustain that for an extended period of time. And so I think the the more sustainable approach is to be like, hey, like let's just start with something small and then over time kind of add these other components. Cause if you you come in, I'm like, hey, I want you to exercise four times a week and focus on your steps and your water and meditate and read and and do all of these things it can be a little bit overwhelming for people at the start and maybe they can do it for a few weeks, but you know, after two months when life kind of kicks back in and there's stressors from work or family, then just people fall off the wagon. Yeah. I think there's one thing too, that there's a, some people have been told that you can't gain weight on a plant-based diet, but you absolutely can, especially if you're a smaller framed woman and you're eating a lot of snacks and more calorie dense foods like nuts and avocados, not that those shouldn't be in a healthy diet, but can you talk a little bit about the calorie density piece and how you approach and help people understand why they do need to pay attention to how much is the, you know, the portions and what they're actually consuming? Yes, absolutely. We've seen a lot of those, right? Eat as much as you want, as long as it's whole food plant-based. Let's be honest, there's a lot of delicious whole food plant-based foods out there, right? Man think of like something that's calorie dense, dates, mangoes, yes. bananas, nuts and seeds, and you know, dried mangoes would be considered almost, you know, whole foods mm -hmm. as well. Um, so those things are very dense in calorie. And, you know, I'll just use myself as an example. I'm 30 years old and also use examples from our members. We coach majority of people between 40 and 80 years old. That's kind of our, our age group that we coach. So whether you're between 30 and 80 years old, if let's just say you're supposed to be consuming 3,000 calories per day to maintain your current body shape, 
and you consume 5,000 calories of dates and mangoes and bananas and nuts and seeds, which seems like a lot, but it's actually not that hard to hit that much food when you're consuming the, the denser calorie foods, um, you're, you're going to put on weight, right? And, and simply because your body is not burning enough energy throughout the day to utilize all the energy that you're giving it. And so because your body's a survival machine, it's just like, well, there's this excess amount of energy. We don't know when we're going to have this excess amount of energy in the future. So let's store some of it in case there's a famine, right? The body doesn't know that there's a whole foods around the corner. But the thing is, if you do that every day, your body goes, let me store it for the future. And then the next day is like abundance. Let me store it for the future. And it just keeps storing until we have people that end up weighing 300, 400, 500, 600 pounds ultimately. Right. Yeah. So, so I think- like that's a really good point because like even one medjool date 70 calories and you know you get a handful one. yeah and you get a little <laughs> like handful Oreos. Of that's 300 yeah oh and, and a whole bag of mango dried mangoes they're like yeah. candy can we talk a little bit about the mindset of understanding why people overconsume? because you would think if someone was <clears throat> aware and full that they wouldn't be continuing eating because just because you're eating a whole plant-based diet doesn't mean you have the right maybe necessary relationship with food. It's a, it's a healthier food choice, but maybe there's something yeah. here that's occurring. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think the big one that's happening nowadays is people it's mindless eating, right? You're watching Netflix, you're on your phone. And if, especially if you're watching something that's a little bit faster paced, which we tend to be nowadays with scrolling or watching something or watching a movie. Well, I don't know if you ever notice this, but your pace of eating kind of picks up as well as you're kind of more anxious or distracted. And so it will take, it'll take a certain amount of time for your body to realize that it's actually full. And by that time, you've consumed a ton of additional calories. So I think a big one is just mindful eating, sitting down and just eating. No phone, no TV, which is challenging nowadays, but just no phone, no TV, and just eating and being and being mindful would make the world of a difference because then you can actually be aware of like, am I full, right? Mm -hmm. Versus a lot of time you start eating and next thing you know, you're stuffed. And then you're like, you're leaning back on your chair, you're unbuckling your belt. You're like, whew, that was a good meal. All right. <laughs> so I'd say that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then I think it also goes back to sometimes they still, maybe when they're bored or stressed, or like you said, anxious, they kind of pick up the pace, but people will go to do something, especially if they're working from home. They're like, okay, I need a break from work. So they walk downstairs and, you know, grab right something there. or go to the kitchen. It reminds me of um, the book, The Power of Habit. Yeah. And um, it's really funny. So the author, he was like, you know, my wife is telling me I'm getting a little bit chunky. And he's like, yeah, I've been eating these cookies and I don't understand why I keep eating these cookies. So then he, that was literally the whole books around his strategy of understanding why he was eating the cookies and it ended up being, he was getting right around three o'clock. That was his trigger. He would go downstairs to the little cafe, buy a, a cookie and ended up being that he liked the social factors. <laughs> it it yeah. wasn't even that he was hungry. It was that, but he was eating these apparently delicious cookies <laughs> added to this weight gain. And when you change that, it dropped right off. So um, what about negative self-talk or anything? Is there anything mental component to this other work that you do and work with coach Sarah and such? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people we work with are, are, are typically going to have more of an un unhealthy relationship with food than they typically will tend to have with exercise. And so a negative relationship with food could just stem from like years of trying to lose weight and dieting and trying different things left and right and all the new strategies that are kind of coming out. 
And at the end of the day, you, you kind of develop this, yes, unhealthy relationship with food, but also a little bit of this numbness to how your body actually feels and what your body actually wants. You think that you hear about keto and how you how people have lost weight on keto. It's like, then I'm just going to do keto. And I don't think that it's a natural thing necessarily to do keto. I don't think people really enjoy it. The people that it was created from had a hard time having a, a high level of compliance in the original study. But ultimately, by doing keto, you're like you have to kind of numb your sensors of like, this is not great. I want to have a banana. I want to have a mango. I want to have rice. I want to have quinoa. And so the, the more years you go through kind of ignoring those senses of what your body actually wants, then you kind of become numb. And then ultimately most people end up not being at the weight that they would want to have. So they beat themselves up over it and then they go try a different tactic and they know that they have to, the typical is cut carbs, right? They know that they have to cut carbs and they have to just focus on certain things and do X amount of cardio. And that ultimately just leads them to starting to hate certain food groups that are extremely beneficial for them. And for most people that leads to binging on that food group after they deprive themselves from it. Right. Right. Um, so that kind of leads to a negative behavior that brings them in the opposite direction of where they're trying to go. And then they go like, well, I know what to do. And then they try to revert back to limiting that food group, which tends to be carbohydrate, which is all the good stuff. All the foods that rich in vitamins and minerals is in that category. And then to deprive themselves and then kind of ended up binging on it or eating some of it. Um, yeah. Do, do you give me permission to talk about the glycogen storage thing? Because I think that's a big one with weight fluctuation yeah. for carbohydrate. Yeah, glycogen storage, of course. Yeah. So for, you have glycogen storage in your body, ultimately. So when you eat carbohydrate, it converts to glycogen stored in your body. It's energy for when your body moves throughout the day, ultimately. But the thing is that glycogen storage being full, there's a weight associated to it. So if you deplete it, there's a weight that's going to drop on the scale. So when most people will do Atkins or keto or cut out carbohydrates, there's not enough carbohydrates coming in to kind of restore that glycogen storage in the body. So it's kind of like a, a gas tank in your car. If you empty it, the tank is lighter. And so what most people will notice on the scale when they stop eating carbohydrates, they go like, I've lost, you know, five pounds in my first week, 10 pounds in my first two weeks. And then as soon as they, you know, eat a piece of bread or pasta or whatever, their body goes like, yes, glycogen energy, my preferred source of energy. It's going to put it in that tank so it can use it because it's preferred source of energy. But the thing is, as you refill the tank, there's weight associated to that. So people will eat bread or pasta and they'll see the scale go up and I'll be like, oh my God, carbohydrates are making me fat. But at the end of the day, your body's just keeping that, that tank full. So what we did with you and with our members is if we keep the tank full and we're able to create a deficit elsewhere, then there's no fluctuation in your weight because you're consuming carbohydrate. So a little right. analogy exactly. with a gas tank. Yeah. <laughs> you do like an incremental decrease. Um, but just getting back to the habits and the association with food, because I think that is a really big piece because people inherently understand they should be eating a healthy fruits and vegetables, beans, you know, they're one, there's the addiction piece to the, you know, ultra processed foods. Um, yeah. But there's a really interesting a commercial that I found on YouTube, I put in some of my talks and it's, it's this young man, he's in his thirties and he's being rushed to an ER and he just had a massive heart attack and it's from his perspective. So you see him looking up and he's breathing with this oxygen and the doctor's leaning over him and is going, how did this happen? And then there's like, you know, when you hear about people who are dying and they have a flash before their eyes, it's kind of the same thing. So he, they literally go back in time over the years and you know, you can see it where he's in school and the teacher's giving him a treat for getting a good grade or, 
Um, then his, you know, somewhere in there, his mom's taking him to the doctor's like, he's going to get diabetes, you need to do something or then he's hiding food. But then it, the very first scene is the mom, the little one's crying on the high chair, you can see him crying and he's, she's giving him French fries. So, I mean, yeah. there is so many things that were associated, even from a young age now, I think it's even harder than when I was a kid, you know, back in the seventies. <laughs> and so, but when you, when you look about this for, for young adults now, I think it's even harder. So any suggestions for people who are, are maybe really struggling with that? I really just want this because it just makes me feel so good. Cause even though they start exercising and eating healthier, there's going to be stressors and these different components in life that just make you want to go back to those habits. How do you recommend or coach people to deal with those? Yeah. Great question. So I'm, I'm probably use a different road that a lot of people would use, but understand that those moments will happen. That's the first thing. Cause if you, if you think that it's going to be perfect and then those moments will happen and you'll always deal with it perfectly, when they do happen, they end up destroying people. They end up going off track for several months to ultimately a year sometimes, right? They don't wait till the next new year's resolution to start again. So just expect that it will happen. It makes dealing with those situations a lot better. And then when they do happen, don't beat yourself up over it, right? Maybe you tried the best that you could with the situation that you have, or maybe you didn't. But at the end of the day, beating yourself up about it is not helping you move forward, right? It's just keeping you stuck where you're at. So like we tell our members is win the next meal, right? If you stuck to your nutrition all day, you ate whole food plant-based and it was perfect. And then at nighttime, there was a stressor. You ordered a vegan pizza and you ate a pint of vegan ice cream. If I was to coach you, I'd be like, great. I hope it was good. Just eat your <laughs> breakfast the next day, right? Mm -hmm. Because the the speed at which you get back on track is is what will determine ultimately how fast you're going to reach your goal. And so if people wait till next New Year's resolution, to the next month, to the next week, to the next Monday, to the next day even, that's still mm -hmm. pretty long. So if we just focus on winning the next meal, not beating ourselves up over it, I think that's a great mindset to approach that. That way you don't start a really vicious cycle of like, oh my God, I didn't do the right thing. And then it supports the fact that you've struggled in the past with losing the weight and then reinforces that identity within you. We don't want any of that. We're just like, hey, hope it was good. Just, you know, eat your breakfast the next day. Mm -hmm. No, I think that mindfulness piece is really an important piece of that too, because we go into this mindless stress, right? And we're just going into these habits, but there's some really interesting books by Dr. Jeb Brewer. A friend of mine, he's also plant-based, but um, unwinding anxiety. And he talks about using mindfulness to kind of get rid of the reward in that habit, because mm -hmm. once you become aware of what you're doing, it kind of dampens the reward. And over time, what you'll see is that craving will subside because you've really just basically dismantled the habit. Cause the whole reason a habit exists is because of that reward system. And it makes yeah. sense that instead of like, getting rid of the triggers or, you know, changing the behavior, like, well, let's just go again to the root reward cause and that will yeah. help a lot. And it's been really fun to highlight to people how to do that. So maybe we can shift to exercise because exercise, of course, is a huge piece of this. Um, how do you approach exercise with people? Because um, obviously if you're getting 40 to 80 year olds, there's going to be a wide variety of abilities. For sure. And, interest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But at the base for all of them, regardless of the age, strength training, resistance training should be a part of their regimen, right? 
So I don't necessarily mean that you have to go to the gym, but it could be you exercising at home with resistance band, with the little dumbbells that you have in your house, but some form of resistance against gravity is what we're looking for. Um, because especially as you age, you know, the amount of lean muscle mass starts to decrease, especially when you don't put a bigger emphasis on, on gaining some, the amount of the bone density decreases as well. So doing some bone bearing activity, aka some strength training will help to strengthen the bones and build more lean muscle. You know, at a minimum for everyone that we coach, we never want to go under three days a week of strength training simply because it's not enough of a constant stressor to require the muscle to be built, to require the body to become fitter, to require the bones to become stronger. And so at a minimum three times a week. And so we'll vary between three and five. Like it very much depends on the age, the current fitness level of the, of the client and, um, you know, where they're at in their life ultimately, right? If you're, you know, if you're, if you're a mom and you have three kids, you're working full-time, your husband's working full-time, like we're not going to make you train five times a week um, because maybe your schedule doesn't allow, maybe it's not sustainable for you. For some people they can, because they, like you have an endurance background and are used to training a bunch of times, but to some people it's unimaginable to spend five times a week exercising. And so it's very much about meeting the person where they're at. You can get the results that you want and incredible results by three, by doing three strength training sessions a week, just like you can five. Right. And so we'll just meet kind of people where they're at, but strength training should be at the foundation of everyone's fitness routine and just the basic movements, right? None of the stuff that you, the crazy new stuff that you see online, the basics have been around for a long time. If you think of a deadlift, if you think of a squat, if you think of a, a you know, a push up, a pull up, a bicep curl, like all those basic exercise work, they've been around for a very long time. And so there's no need to kind of jump into these new strategies that are, are popping out unless you enjoy them, right? That's that's definitely, you have to make it fun, but just the basics work really well. And, you know, if you're just getting started, three sessions, a full body workout a week, meaning you do one exercise per muscle group on one day, take you maybe 20 to 30-ish minutes. And then you do that on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday is a great place to start for, for everyone. Great. And can you describe also going back to the meal piece, like how you guys tell them exactly what to eat and provide recipes. Can you describe how that process occurs? Like, how do you calculate what that is? Are there macro uh, things that you pay attention to the macronutrients regarding, you know, protein, carbohydrates, or fat? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, when members come in, we, we build them a custom meal plan for depending kind of where they're at and what's the goal they want to have. Ultimately, it's it's a game of tricking the body to getting you to the place that you want to, right? So we have to trick the body into losing X amount of weight, putting X amount of muscle on it, because naturally your body wants to be a couch potato, right? Your body doesn't want to change if it doesn't have to because it's uncomfortable, which is why most people struggle with change. So what we do will come in is we'll calculate a theoretical you know, average of what this person should be consuming with their age, their height, sex, level of activity, current lifestyle, and all that. And then we also ask you to fill out a consultation form that will kind of tell us roughly how much you're currently eating, because there's a reality of where you should be and there's a reality of where you're at. If you have a history of severely under eating for a decade, for example, well, we're going to coach you very differently than if someone you have a history of overeating for a long time, right? Or someone that's kind of eating where they want to. So we meet people where they're at with their nutrition, but ultimately we identify what the starting place is. We identify how much protein they should be consuming per day. We like to be around that 1.2 gram to 2 gram per kg of body weight. I should make the conversion to pounds. I haven't yet, but I <laughs> just like the kg number. So when it comes to shifting a body composition, the only two things that matter are protein and calories, right? 
So the distribution of fat to carbohydrate doesn't matter when it comes to body composition. When it comes to health, we personally like to keep the fat on the lower side of things, right? Especially if you eat whole food plant-based, you're way more likely to consume more carbohydrates, right? Very, I, It's very rare that someone's like, I want to eat 10 avocados in a row. They usually be like, ah, I want some sweet potatoes. I want some rice. I want some bananas. And I want some dates. So the carbohydrate content will be a lot higher. The fat content will be a lot lower. But the two most important ones when it comes to shifting body composition will be calories and protein. And then to add the, the health elements to it, we're just going to do it in a whole food plant-based way, ultimately, right? No fake meat, fake cheese, fake chicken, or anything like that. And so we'll build them a meal plan that will meet all of these standards. And then the client, for example, you, when you start, you follow that first meal plan and then your body change. And then we had to change the meal plan because your body changed, right? We basically, there were steps to getting you to where you, you wanted to. So yeah, we right. take care of everything for all of our members all the way through. And then really describing, because people are like, well, that sounds great. If you're at home cooking your meals, knowing how much you're consuming, what about travel? What about going out to eat? Things like that. Yeah, we'll give you strategies to be able to navigate when you're traveling and you're going out to eat. At the end of the day, I don't need you to track your food for a full day. I don't need you to track your food for, for a full day. Um, if you we give you a meal plan, and let's just say your dinner, you want to go on a date night with your partner at the restaurant. <clears throat> let's just say that that dinner is... 500 calories and 15 grams of protein, for example, then simply go to the restaurant, have roughly 500 calories and 15 grams of protein, right? You can kind of eyeball 15 grams of protein. It's pretty easy. If not, you can just use tools like your phone to kind of Google it. Uh, if you're in the United States, the amount of calories is written on all the menu. So you'll know very much how much you're going to be consuming. But what it's going to do is going to allow you to still have some flexibility, still allow you to live your life while still staying on track, right? Because talked about this in my masterclass, but if you were to eat vegan ice cream and vegan chips and drink protein shakes all day and hit your calories and your protein, you would get fit. You would feel terrible. Your digestion, your energy would be off. Your sex drive would be off. Like everything would be off. So if the principle of calories and protein allows us to be fit, then if we introduce whole food plant-based, then we get to feel good, have good digestion, sleep well, have great energy to have all these benefits that come from it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you eat whole food plant-based 90% of the time and 10% of the time, it's you going to the restaurant with your partner and eating something that might not be to the standards of what you would eat at home, but you stay within your metrics, you're still going to be on track with your transformation. You still have the flexibility to, to live your life ultimately. Yeah. So basically we're saying it's a relationship with food. It's also calorie consumption. If you're looking to, to lose weight, a whole food plant-based diet with the appropriate uh, calories along Blitz. with yeah. your protein based on activity level and needs as your body is adjusting. So there's this interesting piece though, that I think more people don't quite understand. So you do all the work and you're like, okay, I'm here. And now what? So do I just keep at this low calorie much, you know, it's not super low. You'll still have energy, but what then, like, what is this next phase? Because I think this is, that's a really interesting phase. Yeah. The next phase is the secret sauce of what changes the game when it comes to fat loss. So basically it's the way that you, it allows you to consume more food to maintain the weight that you've lost. Right. Because we know in, in, in North America, the stats are about like 90% of people will put the weight back on within six months to a year after they've lost it which is crazy. That's a lot of effort and like self-work to get to a place where ultimately a year later, you'll be back at the starting point or worse for the most part ends up being worse. 
So reverse dieting is the process where we basically trick your body into being able to process more food to maintain the weight that you've lost. So if you've lost 20 pounds, 60 pounds, 80 pounds, you're going to be able to keep that weight off and ultimately be able to consume more food. So if we grab the analogy of flames and fires, right? If any of you have gone camping before, started a fire before, right? You have your little baby flame at the start. That's your metabolism at the end of a fat loss phase, right? Just because naturally we have to kind of decrease the energy intake to get you to the place to achieve this transformation. We're going to increase your energy output through exercise. And so by increasing energy and decreasing the intake, your metabolism is going to have to slow down because it has to learn to perform more on less, which is how we shift someone's body composition. So at the end, your metabolism is slower, not necessarily a baby flame, but it's, it's smaller than what it should be. So if you're here, what most people do either because A, they use an unsustainable approach to get to the fat loss phase, so either they cut out all of their carbs, they were very strict, they're severely over-exercised, they usually will end their fat loss phase with the energy of like, yes, it's done, finally, now I can live my life, right? And slowly the foods that they enjoyed starts to creep back in, slowly the amount of food creeps back in, because ultimately you can't live at this lower amount of calories forever, right? Even though it's not that low, it's still not an enjoyable place to be for the rest of your life. And so as people kind of add more food in, that's like throwing a big log of wood on a small flame. It can't handle it, right? And so what your body does when it receives this abundance of energy with a metabolism that can't process all of it, it goes like, great, I've been technically in the desert, not having access to a lot of food for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been having to walk everywhere to find food. Well, I have this excess of energy. Let me store it in my fat cells for the future because I don't know when's the next time I'm going to encounter that buffet. But again, the next day, it encounters another buffet if you continue to overeat. And it goes like, let me store it for the future. And then you just store back up those fat cells that you basically just depleted. So what we want to do is instead of throwing a big log of wood on it, we want to throw small branches on it, right? And over time, as you throw small branches, that fire is going to grow and grow and grow until it becomes a raging fire. So if we use the, the example of food, if I am to give you an additional 100 calorie per day for one week after your fat loss phase, when your body gets that additional 100 calorie, and we'll use a banana, for example, from carbohydrates, it goes great additional energy. It's not enough for me to store it. I need it right now because I've been in a deficit. So your body is more likely to use that energy than it is to store it. And we do that for a week. We let your body be uh, get adjusted to processing that additional 100 calories per day. And then the next week, if your body stayed the same weight, then great. Let's add another 100 calorie. Let's add a date per day, right? So now you're adding a banana and a date on top of what you were eating. So the key is to add carbohydrates because it's more easily digestible. It's more easily accessible as a form of energy and way less likely to get stored. When you do reverse dieting, you do not want to increase your calories from fat because it takes longer to digest and way more likely to be stored because it can't be used right away. So ultimately, it takes four months to do the reverse dieting process. Um, I know it sounds long, but at the end of the day, it's the thing that prevents you from being heavier than what you started a year later, right? So to me, I think that that little four months is well worth kind of ended up in that original position. So that's reverse dieting in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I think that's, it's a really interesting concept and in how it's made uh, enjoyable because you look forward to the next week. You're like, yes, now I'm just going to keep eating um, more food. a little bit more every day. <laughs> <laughs> more food, yeah. Um, that's fantastic. But, um, you know, I think it's a really interesting process that occurs mentally. Can you talk a little bit about people that you've worked with? Because I know as I've worked with patients and they've lost weight, so many other things outside of, you know, just the scale and their body compositions improve. 
you know, sleep, uh, relationships. Can you talk, highlight some of those? Cause I think those are actually the fun parts. People that understand the quality of life improves. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the fun side effects that happen when you lose a bunch of weight. Um, one is if you're training at home, you will need to buy more weights because you're stronger than what you've been handling. Uh, you will need a new wardrobe at one point. All right. Yeah, I know you bought like three pairs of shorts at one point because you kept yeah. losing weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not even that much weight. It was just a change in the composition. Um, that's what was so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a change in wardrobe. Um, obviously, there's a massive change in energy. I think there's a change in mental health as well for a lot of people. They just they just start to show up differently because I think there's I think there's two levels of confidence. There's confidence that you can buy through clothing, cars, houses, and all that. But then there's true confidence when you know you have the ability to do what you say that you're going to do, and the manip being able to control your body is a perfect illustration of that. And so once people get fit and they they know that they have discipline, they know that they have control over themselves, they start to show up very differently for themselves in their relationship with their partner, with their kids, in their career. Like that's why I believe that having a fit and healthy body is the foundation to just live an incredible life. So like all other areas start to be affected once you start to gain mastery or control over your body. So yeah, it's cool. You get to go shopping, you buy new clothes, but the the, the positive effects of it leaking into other areas of your life is what's a game changer for a lot of members. And for a lot of members that have struggled with their weight the whole life, this is one that I never expected when I got to all of this. It's like, Maxim, I don't know how to deal with the compliments that I'm getting. I've never <laughs> been complimented like this before. And it's a, it's a funny thing to think of, but we, you know, when people are like, oh my God, you look so great. You lost X amount of weight and oh my God. And then guys are starting to talk and to them and, or, or girls are starting to talk to them and they don't know how to deal with it because I'm not used to looking like this. And so I, we had a member, Darcy. I don't think you've ever met him. I think he was in the program when you were there. Very funny guy from, from uh, Canada, but he came back one day. He's like, you know what? I took your advice. Someone gave me a compliment. It's like, Darcy, you look great. You've been working hard. And he said, I know. I know I look good. <laughs> so yeah, ultimately, those are kind of the changes that kind of people notice. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very different life. And you get to experience life on a different level. And you get to see what's possible for you. Because I think mastering your body is the first level to just, you know, just, again, building an incredible life from there. Yeah. It, and it really can be kind of a reverse engineering piece, right? So Sometimes you're like, everything's already failed. Here's one more. Well, I'm willing to try. So it's taking a step in faith. And then as you start seeing these things occur, um, that's where the mental shift occurs. And that can really be very beneficial for the mental health side of things, which is phenomenal. Yeah. I had a patient one time. Um, she did great. You know, had some health issues, ended up going plant-based. It was a, I had a lifestyle medicine program in Colorado and the program was about 12 weeks. And they went, uh, she did great 40 pounds lost by the end of it. And she, she came at the end and was sharing her story, how she walked into, uh, you know, where they changing room. I don't know what it looks like on the men's side of the changing rooms, but for women, there's no, usually nice. these horrible lights. <laughs> They're like, you don't, it's like, if you're meant to want me to buy some clothes, I would start with the lighting. Um, yeah. but, uh, it was really interesting because before she said she'd just either go in and not try something on because she was yeah. always embarrassed or she'd go in and cry and then put it back on the rack. She goes, you know, I was trying these clothes on and I was going to smaller clothes because she was looking for something for a wedding. And she goes, I was so thrilled by how good I felt and how 
um, when she put something on, she felt caught, like you said, that confidence. She said, I bought two dresses and she was just crying, sharing the story in front of her. It was so wonderful. And then she went on to become a health coach herself, which is even more fun. So, I mean, that's incredible. You'll see people change their career choices because they're like, I figured this out. This is amazing. So it's absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. So those stories, those stories are great. That's why I do. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> those are the best yeah. part. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and then beyond the fact that if people's just, I should highlight the medical side of this. So if people are coming to you on medications, particularly diabetic medications or hypertension mm -hmm. medications, they really need to be mindful because the need to be on these medications may decrease very rapidly. And I'm talking within days, if not 24 hours. And so really important um, that people pay attention and let their doctors know that they're dramatically changing their life and getting healthier or so, eating healthier foods. So that makes it a big problem difference. to have. Yeah, it is a, a big problem to have. So um, I don't know, Chef AJ, if anybody has questions or anything, I mean, I keep, we could always keep going, but. Well, you know, what's know interesting when... is um, I've been, I've been monitoring the, let me put myself back on screen. I've been monitoring the chat as I always do. And every now and then we get like a troll, somebody that really doesn't need to be here. And somebody kept posting about uh, uh, to, to join their support group for people taking Ozempic and Wagovi. Oh, my uh, we can talk about Are Ozempic you serious? for sure. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, it's a medication typically prescribed you originally prescribed for diabetics and, um, and it affects certain hormones and it, but the way it's working is it's decreasing your appetite. And there's some newer ones that actually also affect the brain too, where the craving for the food also declines. And what you see is a very rapid weight loss. And the greatest concern is if someone is not one, if we're not addressing the root lifestyle causes, if they get any side effects or um, they can't afford it anymore, because these are very expensive drugs, what will yeah. happen is you just go back to the same thing, but you're also at risk of losing muscle mass because you're basically not eating. You're at a very hypocaloric diet and that can be very serious. Um, there are, you know, potential individuals who can do very well with these medications. And I'm not saying they're not uh, very potent for some folks, but I think there should be some additional education about the lifestyle interventions that and the habits and everything as, as they're making this transformation that they should start adopting so that they don't need to be on these medications. You know, they're talking about putting people on these medications for a lifetime. Like, are you, we're going to, we're already yeah. about to be bankrupt in this country. Let's just push that's, it over the edge. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Revenue for those drug companies for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and who wants to be beholden to an injection? I mean, I think there's some oral ones coming out um, for the rest of your life. I mean, I would say work on your lifestyle, but also we need to be doing more work on our environment and, you know, yeah. making that is one of my favorite things, AJ, that you always say is if it's in the house, it's in your mouth. <laughs> Listen, sure. I've never known that not to be true. And especially because I, people think I have like, a, you know, iron willpower. I was at a meetup and a chef Naomi from raw uh, food Fresno gave me this like raw vegan carrot cake and it, it hits all the buttons for me. It's gluten free. It's SOS free vegan of course but it's really really calorically dense you know it's made with the meat of the coconut and every day i mean thank goodness it was a personal size cake because every day it kept calling to, and i ate it i mean you know i was able to moderate how much i ate every day but with not without difficulty because now that it's gone all i think about is 
<laughs> that was that cake coming back. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this book. I'm going to have him on the show on yep. Thursday. I know you really like Dr. Brewer. And um, so it's it's a really good book. You know, one of the things, that, and, and maybe if you did address this, maybe even bring it home a little more. I don't think people realize that if you're doing that weight is not lost as quickly as people would like, at least the way that we recommend sustainably, you know, because these drugs and, and surgeries can make people lose weight quickly, even going on a, 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 an unhealthy diet like keto people. I, I was, I'm saying this because yesterday I was watching presentation from Dr. Doug Lyle, because I'm part of the McDougal program. And he was saying, you know, people lose about two ounces of fat a day. You know, it's, it, it takes some time to lose weight and people mm -hmm. are not realistic. I think sometimes. Well, I think if they're also just looking at the scale to determine, oh, this is my my goal. But if you're know, approaching this the way Maxine does it, you're also building muscle over time as you're losing some fat. So the, the scale may not even move even as quickly as you think. The inches and in the body fat composition is a much better way of looking at this. Don't you, wouldn't you agree, Maxine? I think looking at the mirror is going to tell you more than the scale. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you again, you can lose you can lose two pounds of fat and put on one pound of muscle and just be negative one pound on the scale. But when we look at the photos, there's a pretty significant difference, right? That shows more than a one pound loss. That's mm -hmm. why, like, for example, for you, some of your photos or for some of the other members, that's why we do the photos. It's like, you can see like, okay, you didn't lose weight this week, but your, your, your photos definitely show, right? Your mm -hmm. inches around your waist, your, your, your thighs are definitely mm -hmm. shrinking. You can definitely tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, I, I doubt anyone wants to look like skinnier and fluffier at the end of, of kind of doing all of this work. Everyone wants to be lean and tone and just have a bit more like muscle mass because you feel stronger. You feel so much better. It's so much better for like reduced risk of injury, for longevity as well. And so when you go through those rapid fat loss method, which I think is what we started off the, the conversation with. Yeah, it's it's one of those unsustainable things. Like I think doing Ozempic is just a very much more extreme version as if you were to do keto and starve yourself. Because like, yeah, what happens when the drug stops being made? What happens when you run out of money? Well, guess what? Your hunger is coming back, right? And it's going to come back strong because you've been under eating for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And I also heard of uh, Ozempic face. You ever heard of that before? People's it's face starts to get droopy. Yeah, because they've lost such a significant amount of weight very quickly. And that the skin doesn't have time to adjust. To adjust I, I like looking yeah. good. I don't want to sag my <laughs> face. But yeah, so ultimately, yeah, it's 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 a part of those unsustainable methods. I think there is a place for it, depending on the situation. I was thinking about this, like, you should ask your doctor, but your doctor is probably going to prescribe it. You should ask Dr. Lori. Dr. Lori <laughs> will be like a genuine advice uh, of, of if you should right. or not. But yeah, for a lot of people, it's just a... It's a, it's a pill solution to work right. that doesn't that people don't want to do for the most part, and it it won't serve them. And it, it's sad how many people it's going to hurt and affect mm -hmm. in a negative way to take this thing, and then just you know, five years down the road, everyone's even heavier than what they were when they started. It'll be interesting to see what the long-term consequences are. Cause I mean, I remember taking Fenfen over 30 years ago and then getting a letter from the FDA saying you have to have an echocardiogram because it caused heart lung damage. And you're absolutely right, Maxine. I mean, Fenfen worked great as long as I was taking it, but yeah. you know, and, and I think it's the same way with these drugs. They are there. If, if they like them, that's fine, but it's going to be expensive and they're going to have to do it forever. Right. Yeah. And some of them have the side effect of potentially increasing risk, certain types of thyroid cancer. So we don't know what that number is going to be in, you know, 10, 20, 25 years from now. 
I think it just has, shows how people, yeah. how desperate people are. I remember starting the year with Dr. Lively said in the United States, weight loss is the number one personal goal. And I, I've heard that now we're 91% overweight. I don't know if that's true, but oh. it, it's a lot. I mean, cause Dr. Yeah. Furman has always said that the BMI is wrong, that, that, that we're yeah. making it that really more people are overweight than what is being reported, you know, right. for normal yeah. BMI. Well, I'm overweight yeah. according to BMI <laughs> perspective. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I was in the Air Force, I mean, we'd have guys that were very muscular young and their BMI was put them in the overweight category. And you're like, yeah, but it is what you can use. I mean, that's the, it's, a, it's a simple thing you can do very quickly in a clinical setting. It's, I think it taking outside of the clinical setting when you're not looking at a person from as a medical person, that's where yeah. it gets a little dangerous because also people, they have, they're like, oh, I made it under the BMI of 25, but they still have probably 30, you know, 40 pounds to lose. They're still yeah. hypertensive. They're blood sugars aren't where we want them. And they're wondering why isn't I'm, you know, I'm a normal weight. And I'm like, well, there's more to it than that. And so um, I think it's a really good lesson to understand that BMI isn't the the only key factor to be looking at. But I think the the actually the waist hip ratio is a much stronger indicator of if you're at where you need to be, because now we're talking about visceral fat, which is actually diff very different metabolically active. So it's much more inflammatory, can increase risk of things like insulin resistance, can lead to diabetes and hypertension, higher cholesterol, all these different things. So you get fatty liver, which can convert to, you know, where you get inflammatory issues and can lead to cirrhosis and liver cancer. So again, the really important thing is approaching this in a healthy, sustainable fashion. And, yeah. um, but it's, it's, it's the mental piece that so many people I need to get over. I think it's such a perfect concoction and it's just kind of how my brain thinks. That's the stuff I think about every day, but we live in a, in a, in a, in a distracted world with, with mm -hmm. Netflix and our phones and scrolling and all that, that we feel that we, and that and in combination with an overabundance of high calorie foods, very easily accessible for really cheap because it's a lot cheaper than healthy food. You can just order on your app. It comes to your house. You don't literally have to leave your couch and we're eating distracted and, but we're spending so much time on this thing that we like, well, I don't have time to exercise. And so then it kind of just, everything kind of feeds itself over and over again. And so, you know, I, I've told you this, uh, Lori, but I do a week off, no phone. I did every quarter last year. I'm doing every two months this year. I have so much time during that week. It's crazy. Like I, <laughs> I gain hours back in my day by not having my phone with me. And I'm like, life is beautiful. I can like go read. I can go for a longer walk. I can do all of these things. Okay. So yeah, I think it's right now it's a so we're in a weird time where everyone's very distracted as an overabundance of calories and everyone's looking for a quick solution because they don't feel that they have the time, but all their time is going on this thing when ultimately they should be spending it with family outdoors or prioritizing themselves. Mm -hmm. And that gets back to the hunger habit, which is Judd's next newest book. Um, so Judd and I've been friends for about six years now and he's been phenomenal. He's just, but he will talk about this mindfulness piece because I, as a physician can't go a week without thing, or as a yeah. parent, you know, it's going to be really hard to not have your phone. And, but what I found is the more mindfulness practices that I bring into even my routine daily activities, I am not doing the scrolling piece of it that I sometimes can do. Um, that actually has helped quite a bit where I don't want to be in the front of the computer. I don't want to be watching the Netflix show because I'm doing something else that I'm present in that moment. And I think that is maybe one way if we can start teaching these skills to our children earlier on, um, I think that will be 
quite a powerful thing because the phones aren't going away. Well, this is yeah. just the way life is. And we can't step away from technology um, as much as we'd like to. But I do know being out in nature is very, very, very potent in helping people understand the power of the mindful moment and being present. Yeah. So there's a question from Carleen saying, what is the best way to measure body fat and muscle? Uh, I would say cheapest way would be to buy a body fat calipers and maybe like 10, $15 on Amazon. So you just, there's, you just pinch certain skin fold and there's an equation that comes with it. Uh, if not, you can go to your local gym. Sometimes they have a little machine you can put your hands on. It's not as precise. Um, and then you can do a DEXA scan, which probably the most expensive, but one of the most accurate versions of getting your body fat. Uh, but yeah, if you're just curious, like I would do the body fat calipers, like $15 on Amazon, you have the tool that we can track your own progress as you're kind of moving forward. Um, yeah, that would be one of the best ways. Or you can buy a, a body fat scale. Like uh, we use Withings for a member. It'll tell you your weight, amount of lean muscle mass, body fat percentage, water retention, and all of that. But one thing to keep in mind, it is a cheap scale relative to a DEXA scan. So it's inaccurately accurate as long as you say you use the same tool of measurement you'll get a uh, you'll get an idea of how much you've actually changed. Yeah, on the twin study on Netflix, um you are what you eat. I think that's that was that the name of the the series. Yeah, yeah. They do the DEXA scan so if someone is curious, they can actually go in and watch that and they can they actually do DEXA scans for people. Where do, where do you get those? Like at your doctor's office cuz I've heard of the BIA. I've had that done bioimpedance analysis. I've had mine done yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a few different ones. Yeah. In a lot of places, um, there's like these little pods that you can sit in as well. Um, there's a lot of different places you can do it. But again, if you're at home, you can even even just use your tape measure and get, again, there's a thing called the Navy method. And I'd say as long as you're using the same method and being consistent, that's going to be the key as well. Um, yeah. the, but the calipers can be a little bit tricky. Uh, but as long you have as to it's, pinch at the same spot and yeah, you know. and the same pressure to put too much pressure. It's like, so it's, yeah. it is a little tricky, but just make sure it's, if you're not doing it, someone else, the same person's doing it to you, especially like sometimes you can go to a gym and they'll do the calipers for you. Um, but just make sure it's, you try to get the same person because the different techniques and yeah. Yeah. So. When you start off, you really squeeze it. You're like, ah, yeah. it's really thin skin fold. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, if you have a freckle, always measure out the freckle or if you have a, you know, some scar or something that that might be helpful there. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the weight loss has it's such an important piece. And then we're, we're not wanting to approach people and tell them to have any body shame or anything. We're just saying at a healthier weight with, you know, higher lean muscle and less fat composition, you're just going to be healthier, feel better. There's longevity. There's decreased risk of chronic disease. That's the point that we're trying to make and understand that there is a healthier way to do this and it's very sustainable if someone's willing yeah. to embrace and do the work. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it is requiring, you're going to have to invest in yourself and there's no way around that. So it's just the way it is. That's like, for sure. <laughs> just, just to go off of that. Yeah. Like the goal is not to give everyone a six pack, right? Right. right. Like you and I in this for very similar reasons. Like I don't want anyone to have to deal through with cancer, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer, all these things that could be, pretty easily prevented through living an active lifestyle and eating healthy food. Like that's why I'm in this. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of studies showing that if you have a lower body fat percentage up to a certain point, you're greatly reducing of, of, of all these things, right? The goal is not to look like you're going to step on stage for a fitness competition. The goal is just to be at a, at a healthy body fat percentage for, for where you're at in your life. Yeah. And just, you know, I think 
for me, the goal is just to be able to move and do the things that I want to do well into whatever, how many years I've built blessed with and not be hindered by illness or inflexibility or not enough strength. So I think that's a really important piece as someone who's entering into their mid fifties, but AJ is very flexible. You You know, here's a question from Markar. Is there a possibility of using hypnosis to help for the first month when you first start? It's so hard and I heard it helps. You know, I think there is some evidence with self-hypnosis and weight loss. There's um, an interesting uh, podcast. I think he was on Ritual, um, Dr. David Speedle. And he's the founder of Reverie, which is a self-hypnosis app. But there's some really interesting um, gentlemen, Dr. Shad Helmstetter, and he did this thing called, um, he wrote a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. So when he, he was a linguist by, by training and was really fascinating. He goes, you know, I was learning about this negative self-talk. That was his focus. And he's like, you know, I had some weight. I needed to lose about 50 pounds. And he goes, so I started writing the script. He recorded it. It was things like positive statements in the present. I am healthy. I only eat foods that are feeding my body n- nourishing. And so they weren't like, I'm going to lose weight. You're going to actually, it was more of like, these are these positive things that I'm going to do. And so what he would do is he'd play them every morning in his bathroom while he was getting ready. And this incredible thing happened over 10 weeks. He lost 50 pounds. And um, he goes, and the crazy thing was my wife was also listening to him in the background. She lost 25 pounds. He didn't, you know, go out and make a very strict dietary change and just suddenly started actually, he started changing just what he was listening to. So there's some really powerful things going on there in the mind, but I thought that was really fascinating. So I think there is some place for things like self-hypnosis and uh, yeah, I think that definitely think there's place for it. Yeah. Is it just like a, a daily reminder of your new identity ultimately? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause sometimes you'll get busy and you'll forget to think about these things. Um, so yeah, daily reminder of your new identity and also just looking at the method that this gentleman is potentially using mm-hmm. at the start, right? Like mm-hmm. if he's just trying to go sprint a marathon, ultimately it, that's, it might be more challenging the first month as well. Yeah. But sometimes just getting started, it feels like a marathon. It feels like the the marathon. It's so far to go, but if they can, and I was like, you know, that's the one thing I was like, the only thing you can do, the future may or may not happen, whatever you think will happen. But the only thing you can do is two things is right now is either you can accept the situation or you can do a small step or some active something action right now to change your current state. And that's all we have literally every moment. <laughs> it's like that choice. And so you, you can accept or you can do something, make your choice. <laughs> yeah. So Jennifer says, how do you do, how do you get off the phone for a week when you have family needs, business, others, and does the computer count? Uh, yeah. So my computer, I don't touch my computer. I don't touch my phone. Um, so I'll have like a flip phone with me. So I can't do it. I can't do any social media with it. The whole point is to not be on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or any of those things. And then my wife, so funny to, to say, cause I got married two weeks ago. So I'm still getting <gasps> used to it, but you got married. Congratulations, yeah. boy. How- like, Close. How tight-lipped can you be? That's wonderful. Oh thank you, thank you. Um, but she has her phone, so if there's emergencies, my parents can just call her. Yeah, but it's not a flip phone, right? It just—it's just the whole point is to not scroll on something or be distracted. Um, and they're pretty boring to text with, so I just I'm just 
call, talking to people. That's great. I that, that is fantastic. So Dixie says, did, uh, where's your question? I just saw it. Do you wait? Should you wait until your stomach growls to eat if your schedule allows? Like yeah. waiting till you're hungry? I mean, well, here, here's the thing, at least here's my experience with fat loss and kind of hunger signals. If you're just getting started and your goal is to lose weight, you probably either have been under eating for a long time or overeating for a long time. And I think a lot of people are numb to how their body is actually feeling. And so I feel like it's better to follow a structure because if you're just waiting for your body to be hungry, if I was to do that, I would eat once a day. Even though I work out twice a day, I would only eat once a day. Um, if I wait for my stomach to be hungry, which would mean I would be severely under eating, which means I would be getting weaker, losing a lot of lean muscle mass as I'm progressing in my day. So on a personal level and for some of our members, like I think structure is better at the start until you can get your body to a place where it's used to healthy food. It's used to a little bit more consistency, especially post reverse dieting where your body is able to process more food. Um, at least that's my that's my approach to it, because, yeah, I would eat once a day if I just waited to be hungry. And I think there is some some um, elements that we should also look into when you look at your body, um, it's metabolism, you're more insulin sensitive in the morning. So eating some type of breakfast is very helpful. And then you are less likely also to binge in the evening, which I think most people find that's their most vulnerable time of eating the unhealthier foods. When you're going out with family, you've had a long day, your willpower is where it's well, I disappeared after eight 30 in the morning. So that's also will help and aid in that consistent eating pattern and your, your hormones will change your circadian rhythm. You'll start noticing that as you start timing things um, differently, your, your, your hunger will start uh, aligning with what you do on this regular habit. So there is some very, there's some very good benefits of structured, but also for people who are maybe not doing a structured program, the other pieces to it, I would say when you find yourself ready to eat, ask yourself, are you actually hungry? I think that might be some, so just trying to be understanding there's some intuition pieces there that people are, have lost as far as, like you said, that understanding what hunger actually is. It's actually boredom or stress and yeah. it's not actually hunger. Or thirst. Yeah. yeah. Or thirst. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So. Great. Look, um, Dr. Marbus, there's a question for you and Maxime, you're welcome to answer it. It's not about weight loss, but Tracy wants to know, how do you feel about cooking in cast iron? Um, I think you can. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's some benefits to getting some additional iron um, in the diet. Um, certainly seeing those are one of the blood tests I do recommend for plant-based eaters to test is a ferritin level to see if their iron levels are appropriate, especially if you're a menstruating female. So um, I find them very inconvenient and heavy and clunky. So I only time I've used them camping. is when I've gone. It's like that's the only time I've used them is when I've gone camping. That literally is it. Um, because otherwise, if I drop that, break your toe or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on yeah. the same boat here. Just when I go yeah. camping. <laughs> it's a definitely a camping tool. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not a question, but it's a comment, and it's really, really nice. And I'd like to read it if you don't mind. And it is from Dana, and uh, she writes. I have been, I've been listening to Chef AJ for a long time and there've been many fabulous doctors on. How do you pick the correct ones for you? I took the leap with Dr. Lori Marbus and I'm so happy I did. Not only is she brilliant, 
If she does not have an answer to your question, she will research it and get back to you. And she follows through. Dr. Marvis has a good heart and is genuinely a good person. The first time you speak with her, you will feel this. I have only nice things to say. No one asked me to write this. It's just how I feel. And if it helps someone, that would make me happy. With much gratitude, Dana. And I, I, I'm not making it up. It came in. Oh, just, that's you know, very so, sweet. Yeah, so it's too bad there's not like it, because I know you do telemedicine. You're welcome to tell yeah. people how you do that. But yeah. is there like, you know how like, um like, there's health grades and doximity, like where you can put good reviews for your doctor. It's too bad there's not a place for that for telemedicine doctors and she could post that review. Yeah, you're, no, that's very kind of her for soul. So thanks, Dana. Um, I truly appreciate that. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm, I have telemedicine. I'm licensed in all 50 states in DC at drmarvis.com. And then Maxime, if you want to highlight, and I'm sure, I think we put the links in there too, but Actually, yeah. you didn't. So I'm going to need oh. even better show notes for you. I have 1,500 oh. characters left. You gave me great uh, description, but it would be great to also have all your links. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you gotcha. that a little bit later how we can gotcha. make it even more comprehensive. Okay. Yeah. yeah beautiful. Next, yeah. How do people connect with you? Well, first of all, they're spot on with Dr. Lori. I love working with her. She's great. I love working <laughs> with her as a coach and also together as a team. And thank you for having me on. And yeah, just uh, fitvegancoaching.com. You'll find everything you need on there from the podcast to the Instagram to all the social media platforms that exist that I try to take a break of every two months. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. And, and, um, you know, it's funny because Dr. Marvis, not funny, but it's coincidental. You work with Brittany Giroudi and she's going to yeah. be my guest at 11, you know? Yeah, she told me. So <laughs> we have the This is like the together. Lori Marvis day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just Brittany worked I, out that way. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I know you guys had rescheduled, but um, we're, we're, we have the Healing Kitchen and um, we meet weekly and she cooks and I answer medical questions and then we do workshops with guests and I do a workshop like Tomorrow we're doing one actually on the psychology of weight loss, which is really interesting. Again, all that's found at drmarvis.com. And we're going to we're going to be publishing our first book together. Brittany oh. and I um, we're very excited. So it's a work in progress, but we'll let you guys know when it's available. Good. That's fantastic. Because when is it? Do you have an idea when it might come out? I'm thinking in a month or two. There's oh, there's some. Well, we can maybe debut it here. Yes, we absolutely can. That's fantastic. Well, you're yeah. fantastic. And so are you. And congratulations, Maxime. So that means ladies, he's Thank off you. the market now. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, but it's good that it's good to know. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very right. much. That was a wonderful conversation. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back in just about an hour for Brittany Giroudi. She's going to be making tortilla soup. She's fabulous. You're going to love her. I really appreciate you watching. Take care, everyone. And... Bye-bye.